everybody. Welcome back. This is Bitch Breathe, and I am your host, Ricardia Bramley. So maybe, hopefully, (laughs) I'm thinking, you've noticed my absence lately, but the title of this particular episode gives you a pretty strong clue as to why that was the case, and it's Pandemic Workaholic, which is exactly the area I've been hanging out in lately. And so I thought, why not talk about what's going on right now? And more importantly, trying to ask some questions, finding some ways to dissolve the dilemma, in this case, the one of the workaholics. So at this stage of this incredibly dystopian era that we find ourselves in, only it's not really a dystopia, it's actually here. Um, we're all exhausted, right? I feel like everybody's just trying to hang in there. We're waiting for good news. Is the vaccine working? What kind of mutants are going on? And uh, not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, know where, I don't know where that came from. See? Exhaustion. You can either start crying or you can crack yourself up. But in any case, things are still confusing. And most of all, they've been lasting for what feels now a very long time and what is actually almost one and a half years. So we're experiencing fatigue. Certainly from my, um, from my perspective, it's been a really confusing time and one of contradicting messages and opinions, really. So in this time when our lives have become much smaller, when our radius of activity is so limited, I feel like there are, well, basically three things that we can do. We can buy food and items for daily use. We can maybe have sex, that is, if there's somebody around willing to (laughs) engage. Um, Otherwise, even more difficult. And then there's work. There's a lot of opportunities for work. I feel there's been so many positive developments in terms of people starting to think outside the box. I talked about this in another episode and really being open to new solutions, new callings, new kinds of tribes that we want to gather around us and new windows of um, opportunity. Yeah, it really is about opportunity this time. There is a lot of unemployment in Germany. There's a solution called short work or Kurzarbeit for those who understand German. So that has been another work model where people are working less, but the government is supporting it. So there's all these different kinds of solutions and aspirations that are going on around work. That is the good news, I find, and something that I have benefited from tremendously as this year, year and a half has gone forward. And I also changed my job. That is one of the opportunities. I moved from a very sort of spiritually minded and and connected community to a very different field where we're all in remote work, very different personalities, different from each other and different from what I'm used to, I might want to add. And so it's been a really, really good time for transitioning, for trying out new things. But with that has come a kind of exhaustion that was new, even in this time of the pandemic, where I hadn't quite finished my other job. So I was working there still, the full hours that I have there. But I had also been onboarded for the new work and the new job where I felt I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to really dive in, get my feet wet and really start over, right? And reinvent myself to a certain degree. So for a month there, I was double, triple shifting it because I'm also a voice artist. And so I was doing these three jobs. And I thought to myself, 
holy shit, what's going on? I really want to be happy about all these opportunities. And I want to think about the fact that this could be exactly the other way around where my situation would be one of underemployment. But I'm exhausted. I can't sleep anymore. I've stopped eating or taking regular meals. I'm losing weight. I feel exhausted. I've probably said that word five times, but you get my point. And so what can we do at this time when Yes, some of us are underemployed, but there's a lot of us who are overemployed and who are working a lot. So at some point, I realized I, I can't keep doing this. I can't. I know this is an unprecedented time, and I'm supposed to use all these opportunities, and I consider myself an ambitious and hard worker, but that surely can't be all. And in a time when there is, you know, you're really hard up for entertainment, it does quickly feel that way, however. So I began to become so tired that I would start crying out of nowhere, not that there's not plenty of reasons to do so, but it was a sure indicator that things aren't going smoothly. So I had to lean back and I had a few talks with some really, really good people, um, some friends, and it was, I think, a conversation with my boyfriend where I suddenly began to wake up and I can't remember what it is exactly he said, but he said something where I realized I had sort of jumped into a very different lifestyle with this exhaustion and that I was going to have to start asking myself some serious questions about what I want my life to look like. And I think this is really important, right? Because there's not an awful lot of options. That doesn't mean, however, we stop asking ourselves what our lives should look like. What did we come here for? What is the dedication we want to put forth with family, with friends, with work? And so from that conversation, I did start to lean back, not lean back and relax, but just lean back enough to sort of have some perspective, some distance. And I thought a few questions that maybe I hope will be helpful for you also going forward, if you are indeed also in this situation where you feel like you're working an awful lot. And for me, because I'm not raising children, which I think is a meaningful work, and I'm, not all, I'm also not a pilot, I'm not a doctor, my work is not really meaningful in those terms, I asked myself, okay, so what are you working for? Really, what is it you're working for? And I didn't come up with an awful lot of good answers at that moment, Again, because I'm not fulfilling any of those roles or, or callings that I previously mentioned, my work consists now of looking at the digital side of life and things. And so pulling up analytics, I have to look at, you know, the digital world a lot more than I used to because that's the kind of work I do now. And I enjoy a lot of aspects of it. And at the same time, I had to ask myself, what am I working for? And it didn't feel like a whole lot of meaning. And whatever consequences need to be drawn from that, that's a different question. But it felt good to honestly say to myself, is this all the meaning I can bring to the table in this life, in this life phase right now? And the second question I asked myself, who are you working for? Is this the kind of work environment you really should be in right now? And is this the kind of group of people, the tribe, the employer that you can identify with? Do they mean something to you? And again, this is another question whose answers will come at a serious consequence for some of us, right? Because 
We're scared. What if I give this job up and I don't find another job? I mean, a lot of people are unemployed. I should be grateful for where I'm at. And why am I being so, you know, ungrateful, it felt like. But that really, really does such a disservice to us because it's not lack of gratitude. It's reflection. What are you working for? Who are you working for? And is that really what you want this chapter during this pandemic of your life to stand for? And then maybe making some tough decisions around that. Looking at, okay, so if you did give up this job, do you have help financially speaking? Do you have a network of people who understand why you might want to leave or change or why you want to dig in further if that's what you want to do? And really remembering our support network that we do have a safety net in this part of the world. I'm in Berlin and Germany. I totally, totally understand or mostly understand the privilege that that means, right? That I can even think about these questions, total privilege, privilege, and I'm aware of it. But that also means the responsibility of asking these questions and seeing where can we contribute in ways that are more meaningful to us and maybe even more helpful to those around us, those around us who are close and those around us halfway across the globe. And that leads, of course, to the next question, is this really what you want to be doing when the pandemic is over? So I firmly believe that we must be looking towards the light of the at the end of the tunnel at this point. There's vaccinations coming. Maybe I have to believe this just to get up in the morning. I don't know. But the light will come. It always does at the end of the day, right? At least in my experience, and I hope to God in yours too. And so if we look beyond the pandemic, the horizon, the very limited border that the pandemic means, what is it we can do? What is it that we're not yet doing that maybe would really be helpful when we start to move around again? We start to travel, we meet our friends again. You know shit's going to go down once that pandemic is somewhat under control, right? Things are going to happen. Beautiful things, hopefully, are going to happen. We might have learned quite a bit about what we mean to each other and to ourselves. So what is it in terms of work, in terms of action that we can do while the pandemic is still here to move beyond it? Apart from the fact that that opens up opportunities to dream about that day or those weeks that are heading here. They are. I really do believe it. It also allows us to move into place certain strategies, people, um, actions that will take us beyond this moment of suffering, of collective fear and confusion. And I thought that was really helpful to see, well, what is it I want to do after and who is it that I want to be and what do I want to represent? And another thing that really hit hard for me when I started thinking about how I'd gotten myself into this workaholic mode where I was just working all the time, like literally 12, 14 hours, cranking out emails at like 2 o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep anyway. So I would work from like 2 to 5 in the morning, right? And one of those other questions that came up was, okay, what are you not dealing with right now? Is there some sort of escapism to your workaholic or workaholism, right? And the truth is, there is, of course, I don't want to deal with the pandemic. I don't want to fucking deal for a moment longer, just like all of us. I can't stand the sight of people who are suffering so much because of it. 
there are so many people who aren't doing well right now. And I, I know for me, because I feel like a raw egg <laughs> these days, where pretty much anything can send me into sort of a crying fit. It's so hard to see how people are suffering, how our family is suffering, maybe. Maybe it's not even people we know. Just watching the news does a number on my mental health. But just sort of um, understanding that there's a whole lot we're not dealing with and working is a strategy against that, right? Working, for me, is a total repression technique. It's a wonderful way to be productive, which I like to be, and useful, which I like to be even more, and to really numb myself, right? I think we all can relate to people at this point who numb themselves in any ways, whether it's workaholics, alcoholics, you know, hardcore drugs, whatever it is. This is a time especially, especially hard for all those among us who have had addiction problems, who have might even return to their addictions, God forbid, right? And so to just keep understanding that if it's something we're not dealing with, to get support other than the addiction, the work, whatever it is we're using, to really call that person, call that friend, call mom, call your children, whatever it is, and to get support so that even if we decide we can't deal right now, we don't want to deal right now, maybe that's what we say to our friend on the phone. Let's not talk about the pandemic. I just want to say I'm really sad or I'm really angry. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm fatigued. But trying to see if there's the recognition that we're repressing something here with all the work and distraction that we're putting into our work. And as a strategy for that, what I've really started to do is that I've started to just observe the trees outside my window. It's springtime over here in Berlin right now. Not that you'd know it much because it's cold over here. It's like, come on, man. I thought the pandemic can't stop springtime, but apparently it can. No, but all jokes aside, I've been looking at the trees. The cherry blossoms are in full bloom right now. Rain or no rain, cold or no cold. And to just notice, notice that outside, in nature, life is going on. Life is pushing forth, no matter what's happening. The, you can see it, the trees, the branches, everything is filling in again. There's a certain abundance making itself known. And I know it's really hard to feel abundance, especially if you're sick right now, or lonely, whatever it is. Abundance... I think we all feel scarcity first, and then abundance seems like a really remote concept. But there is abundance, at least in nature. And if you're lucky enough to have trees and nature around you, to maybe just observe. I know the idea of going into nature during the pandemic is a huge one right now. I know it's not new. That doesn't make it less important to remind ourselves that this is an option. And even if things feel stagnant and frozen in a certain state, that does not apply to nature. And to the planet. And lastly, what I want to say, a little tool, a few of them, for me has been really helpful. Go back to writing, not on the computer, not anything that's sensical, not on the whiteboard, which I'm a total whiteboard geek, right? I love my whiteboard and I love my um, software that I can organize things with, but actually returning to the analog idea of writing and just writing unsorted how you feel because sometimes I don't want to call people. I don't want witnesses to the incredibly maybe childish complaints I have, the the self-pity, the anger, the hatred towards some people who are just bugging the fuck out of me, right? I don't want witnesses sometimes. Sometimes I'm okay, but other times like yeah, my only witness I'm going to have right here is going to be my paper 
and here's my pen, and I put pen to paper and write down everything that's going on. I've also, um, sometimes what I do, feel a little insecure. No, not insecure, unsafe about it because it then becomes public knowledge as soon as it's on the phone. But I record how I'm feeling today when I'm too tired to write and I just can't get it together and it's 3 o'clock in the morning and again I'm not sleeping. I record how I feel. I don't censor myself at all. I really, I say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> as you know, I, <laughs> apparently I say that in my podcast too, but I do it in my voice memos even more. But whatever it is, get it out of the system. Try not to use your work as a distraction, as an immersive technique. It's good for a while, but not always. And instead, come back to a more private sphere where you can spill out all the things that are going on for you, the things you don't want to deal with, write them down, and then that's it. You've dealt. You've dealt with them in the way that is possible to you now. Another thing that I want to add before I close here, sometimes I'm walking along somewhere and I'll have noticed something nice, specific thing. I live near uh, railroad tracks, and a lot of times the kindergarten children with their supervisors, they stand at the bridge at the top and you can see the train then sort of coming towards you and under the bridge. And these kids will stand there and they'll wave and wave and they're so hoping, they're so hoping that the train conductor will wave back or even blow his or her horn. And then they do. Kids will be waving and you hear the horn of that train and you know there's no obstacle in his or her way. It's just them letting the kids know I saw you and playing the game with them. And every time that happens to me, it's like what this uh, Vietnamese monk Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, says, it's a bell of mindfulness. And that horn, which is not a pleasant sound, but reminds me that there's so much still here that can remind us that there's still people who are, you know, getting up every day, they're riding your train, they're driving your train, they're, you know, scanning your food at the supermarket. All these little small lives, all our little small lives, somehow managing to get up again that morning and even smiling while they're working for you. That's a lot, a lot of abundance right there. And it's helped me to remind myself and to really insist that these things happen and that I see them. So I hope this was helpful to you. I'm hoping I'll be able to come back on a more regular schedule now that I've found my sea legs a little bit and... Yeah, be with you, hear your questions, read your emails. I always love when you comment. I've seen some new reviews. I'd love it if you haven't reviewed the podcast already. If you could also maybe leave a little comment. It's always uh, such encouragement for me to hear from you. I hope you're well. I hope you're doing okay in this time and looking forward to speaking with you and to you next time. All my love. <laughs>